can you talk about like one like important lesson that you've learned through failing? I think about a recent event where I haven't achieved what I set out to achieve. This particular failure I'm thinking of was my backyard when I aimed to do 100 miles and I only got to 75 miles. And I was absolutely gutted, like crying. And it sounds stupid because a lot of people say, we well, run 75 miles, like that's awesome. But it felt like an absolute failure in my heart because you're so determined. So, yeah, so that failure, I always said to myself, it was it was a nutritional failure. It was my nutrition that I didn't get right. But as I reflect on it even more, I really believe now that it definitely was a mindset thing. At some point, I, I knew I couldn't get to the end. I've now booked this race again, just a massive, massive learning point of it's not always the failure you think it is first of all. Like, And I know it was a nutritional problem, but now because that happened, I do feel like I've learned even more about myself and my mind and about ultra running from not reaching that then and now I'm going to take all of that on board and get to 100 miles at my backyard in May. Hello friends welcome to or welcome back to a runner's life podcast in this episode I speak with Natalie Long also known as Nat Runs on Instagram and TikTok. First and foremost she is an accomplished runner she's a Boston qualifier runner she's run 100 mile races she's really into the uk club scene and does a lot for her local club and coaching trying to pass it forward we originally connected on instagram way back during the coronavirus lockdown since then she worked with a brand to do a run and to see challenge and that has completely blown up she's gone viral on tiktok and instagram in the process she's racked up tens of millions of views and you can see why to honest she's so engaging and produces great content so a real asset to the running community in this conversation we answer some of the audience questions and we take a deeper dive into some of her running motivations what she's learned about herself and how she's learned through some of the disappointing moments in running so it's a really fun conversation i almost feel like it's one of those conversations that you have over coffee and you're just recording it so i hope you enjoy it what i will say is that if you enjoy this conversation please do like share and subscribe last year this podcast was in the top five percent of shared podcasts globally that's thanks to you i really appreciate your support thank you to the patrons who support the show as well if you like it please do share like subscribe and leave your comments but with that being said let's head to the conversation with that Hey Natalie, welcome to a Runners Life podcast. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing really good. Thanks. Thank you for having me on. Should I call you Natalie or Nat? I don't know if I've gone too formal. <laughs> it's yeah, it's totally up to you, but I like Nat. Cool. I usually do my regular type thing of asking what a runner's life means, but before we do that, I want to actually jump into the audience questions and I want to say thank you to everyone that submitted questions. Unfortunately, we've not been able to go through all of them, but I'm just gonna group together some of the most popular questions. So the first one is from Sarah and Natalie, and they ask, what off-road or trail running shoes do you recommend? So at the moment, I've got New Balance, which I absolutely love. They're the Hieros. I had the Hiero version 5s um, and loved those, did my first 100 miler in those. And then they come out with these ones, the version 7s, which were 20 grams lighter and still just as comfortable. But I do, when people ask me about shoes, I do say it can be quite specific and I've got quite, I think, got quite a wide feet and that's, and they suit me really well. And they're very, all of them are wide. The base, the bottom of them is really wide. I don't know, technical shoe terms, but yeah, they're my favourites. The Hieros from New Balance. I do like the Nike 
trail shoes as well. They do good trail shoes. But yeah, like I say, try out some if you're looking to buy trail shoes. Go to a shop, try some on, see what's best for you. I haven't tried them on. Are they Have they got like plates in them or like carbon plates? Or is it just all kind of just like just the sole? No, there's no plates in the Hieros, the New Balance ones. They're very low drop as well. They're like very, um, I really don't know shoe terms, but they've got a, a small sole compared to the, the ones with a carbon plate in them. Yeah. I've only tried one pair of trail carbon plated shoes and I really didn't get on with them. They literally, I think I'm an overpronator and they literally felt like I was walking on high heels. Yeah. Because um, I love carbon plates for the road, but yeah, really didn't get on with them for the trail. Yeah, that kind of makes sense because I think if you're like going downhill, descending, you don't really want to be like rocking onto your toes and like bashing your toes and losing even more toenails. So yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, exactly. They did. They just felt unstable. They just, my foot was just moving and even though you do want movement in your foot, but I don't want my foot to be, I want the foot to be closest to the ground on the trail, I think, for the foot to be the most support. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hannah asks, do you get recognised much in public? I have started to be recognised, yes. I did a video recently where um, these young girls asked me for a photo and I was in London, I was in Wimbledon, and people, when I'm running, because I, I, I have my headphones on a lot of the time because I speak into my mic, I normally have one headphone to the side if I'm on the road. I can see people sort of looking, and even today, like only recently, I'm now looking at people and I'm thinking, are they looking at me because they recognise me or is it just because I'm running around with my phone held up? So, yeah, it is, it is happening more and more. But to be honest, I love it. Like, I've, I've always loved meeting people anyway, especially at races and stuff. It's always come up to me. I love I love meeting people. And I'm obviously not shy of attention. So I do, I do quite <laughs> like it, if I'm honest. That's fair. I know you've spoken about it in some of your posts before, like, obviously, some of the, like, the really positive things where people come up to. So, like you said, as well, these girls come up to you as well. So I guess that's quite cool as well, because the running community is pretty supportive in that way. Yes, definitely. Oh, it's absolutely lovely. At my most recent race in Staplehurst, people come up to me at the finish line and just saying lovely things and they like my content. And then we talked about the race. And I mean, I was talkative with fellow runners anyway, but I, I do. I'm just very grateful. It's given like an extra reason for people to come up and chat to me. So, yeah, I really like it. Louise asks, do you feel vulnerable running alone on trails in quiet areas? I don't. I mean, I definitely have safety things in mind, but being totally honest, I don't get worried often on the trails, if that makes sense. And I know it's something that we should all bear in mind because these horrible things do happen. But number one, I'm quite lucky that my area that I run around, I don't think is very unsafe. And I'm just psychologically I'm like I do think to myself in all areas of life if something horrible is going to happen it's going to happen and yes take safety precautions I've, I know my emergency settings on my phone but I don't feel like worrying about things overly stops them from happening so I mitigate the risk I know that I know that running anywhere has a certain level of risk but I'm, I don't generally worry when I'm running around to be honest yeah, that makes sense. And obviously when you're, obviously I'm putting words in your mouth here, but I assume when people look at your videos and see what you're doing, you're not, you know, putting yourself at risk whilst creating the content. So you're not like in a unlit area at nighttime with drunk people 
<laughs> you know, running down, going, run until you see a drunk person. You know, it's not like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad you've said that because I, I think so. I think I take enough risk and enough precautions and I do bear these things in mind. I'm not totally naive and think that nothing happens and especially when we have these high-profile horrible cases that we hear about and obviously there has been some runners that have had horrible things happen to them but I, I mean I have had people comment that some of the things some of the fields I'm running through is unsafe but I would argue that that they're not overly unsafe that you should stop doing them like I don't think women should completely stop running through a field by themselves if they know the area like all these fields that I'm running through I know unless it's obviously a race that's all coordinated and everything um, but no, I, d- I don't think we should stop doing them as women or as anyone, to be honest, um, if you've taken the right, if you've taken enough steps yourself. And I know it is hard for some people to know the steps and I know that people have varying levels of anxiety. And I suppose part of me, I'm quite lucky that I don't overly have higher levels of anxiety where I would overly worry about it. But yeah, I think running for a field, if you know the area, it is safe. Just know your emergency settings on your phone, take other precautions and, yeah, don't stop doing it. That's fair. I think it's good advice. Kate asks, what recommendations can you give to beginners on what to wear and bring? Wear and bring on trails, are we thinking? Especially? Do you know what? Yeah, that's quite an open question. Let's yeah go for trails. Trails. Well, Trails and any um, roads, actually, I'll go for those things first. So definitely invest in some decent trainers. That's like number one. And then comfortable, like clothes. But, I mean, socks can vary in importance. Sometimes it can really mess up your feet. But if you've got decent shoes, I feel like get out for a run. Just get out for a nice, relaxed run. And there's not, you don't have to really, really overthink the other parts of your kit, to be honest, because I know it can get really, really technical. But then if you're moving into longer runs, I'd say things that are going to be like over half an hour, I would recommend taking something where you can carry water. Mm. And then if it's even longer than that, like five miles or a trail run, then definitely I'd recommend carrying water with you and taking little sips. Because if you're not hydrated, that can affect your mind and how you're enjoying the run and all different things that you don't realise if when, if you don't know you're dehydrated. Um, so, yeah, main things is decent shoes, some water if you're doing a longer runs and a little bit of nutrition as well, I'd say, for longer runs. Um, but, yeah, kit-wise, I've got my specific things that I like. Like, I love the Nike trail shorts with the seven pockets. Absolutely love them. They're, like, one of my favourite pairs of shorts. Um, but other than that, yeah, unless you want to know really specific good stuff, you don't need to get too technical to get out for a run, as long as you've got a half-decent pair of trainers, I think. Yeah. P-Day says, he says, Nat should do what these Peloton guys do, chat and jog. It works and it's really motivating. Have you ever thought about doing something like that? I should, shouldn't I? Yeah, it's hard with running because, I mean, I can't really do a class like, come on, everyone, put on your shoes and we're going for a run. Don't know, don't know quite how that would work, but I have been. It's, it seems when I've got these thoughts that come into my head and I have a little chat, I like putting them in reels now, and they seem to do quite well. And somebody said to me, it's something about because because I've, I've obviously run so much and chatted along now, um, and I've got quite a good conversational pace that I can chat for quite a long time. Um, they like watching me running and talking, so I do upload a lot of videos of me running and talking about whatever subjects that I'm talking about obviously normally running 
Um, and I do go on live sometimes. I've gone on TikTok live while I'm running along and I answer some questions, which I've tried a couple of times, which is a bit tricky to read and run. Um, but I might do it again soon if that's what people want. Yeah, definitely give it a go. You never know. A while back, I got approached by this company to do like a workout, you know, whilst recording, whilst, whilst you're running. So you never know, it could take off. I never did end up doing it in the end just because I just didn't think I had enough banter really for like, like an hour to do this. But you never know. Obviously, got people talking back to you and interacting. So, yeah, yeah, like it. We should, yeah, we should discuss. We could make this work. I can see how if you're chatting and yeah, you've got people engaging with you. And you'd have to know your route, I think, because normally when I'm talking to my phone or on live, I know roughly where I'm running because that would be because I, de- I would definitely get lost if I was in like going for a long run in a new place. I get lost quite often. I think if we were to make that work, you would be like the main act and I would be like your hype man. Just chiming in a word every so often. <laughs> Love it. I'm up for this. I'm up for this market. That's cool. Jacqueline. <laughs> sent a question in and she says your tiktok following is over five hundred thousand. how do you get so popular so quickly how uh, that's a very tough question to answer because i don't think there's one answer and i don't even know if i know the right answer if you know what i mean but i would say so the main things that have really blown my count up the ones that have gone viral if you like the most are these run until you see runs which sports direct they approached me when i was really quite new to social media and they actually asked me to do this run until you see thing so they were the ones who come up with this concept of what to do and i remember saying to ollie when they first showed me they wanted me to run and find something I was like, oh, I don't know if this would do like that well. Like, do people really want to see that? And they left it very open. Like, it wasn't a really refined kind of concept what they asked me to do. But yeah, I think there could be lots of different reasons. So those ones work really well because of your, I don't know, people are looking and waiting. They wait till the end to see what I find. And then I think I try and make them interesting throughout them and make it nice content of what I'm running through. But I think technically wise, good lighting, nice sound are two key things that helps your content do well and get more reach. And then the third thing I'd say, like I mentioned in my video recently, is really about being consistent. And the only way that you can make consistent content, I think, is if you really like and really enjoy doing it. And I think that comes across. I hope that comes across. Like I literally love love making these videos. It's it's not my job. It's my hobby, and I love doing it. And and I and I think that's why people like like to watch them because they can see I love doing it. And I've kept up with it for so long, like so consistent for so long. I mean, like nearly every day. So yeah, long winded answer, but lots of different parts to why content does well. I think like there's technical aspects of making it smooth. But then there's also the core watchability and the entertainment value that I think is quite important. Yeah, you're right. I think there's so many factors, especially when you've got to look back and be retrospective about yourself. Like you're saying, there's the consistency, but I also think it's your personality that comes across really well because I think other people could try and do what you've done and it wouldn't work as well. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see that. That's It's true. Two people can do exactly the same thing, but there's other parts to it that make make it more 
enjoyable watch, I suppose. Yeah. Can you imagine like David Goggins doing a version of like <laughs> Run and 2C something? <laughs> that would just be insane. To that. <laughs> that would be cool. He's He's got his following and he's, for example, he's so different to me and, and he's so brutal and he says some things that I wouldn't say and, and I, I actually really like David Goggins. Most of what he says really resonates with me, but we're totally different vibes. But I feel like, we're both totally ourselves and and that's that's the thing like you don't have to be like somebody else to do well because there's so many people out there so many people on these apps if you can get yourself across fully yourself and what you're passionate about then I think that is a really big key as well like it might not be it might be totally different style to somebody else but can do really well if that makes sense yeah that does and the last point actually from the questions from the audience was from Anya not really a question but she said just tell Nat she's an inspiration and we all love her oh thank you so much I love you all too I am so so grateful and I've said it in a couple of my posts like I am so motivated it blows my mind that that all of these people are people and I love interacting with you all and it is very, very motivating to me. And and most of the reason that I'm able to be consistent and do these videos so happily is because I get the lovely interaction back. So I appreciate that a lot. And it's very much a, a two-way thing. I just wanted to go back to something you talked about in regards to how the Run As You See came about and obviously the company that was involved and you were a bit umming and ahhing about it. And I've, when I was doing my research, I, I read that two other social media creators from Sweden and America that did it. I mean, how did they do it? And like, how did you kind of put your own stamp on it without trying to copy them? Yeah, good question. So I never, I think it's kind of good. I think it is very good, actually, that I had never seen any other creators doing a run until you see when I started doing mine. And there, there was one, the particular guy in America, he's the biggest one. And he has, he's actually put in his bio now, the original one. So I'm guessing he he was, he says that he's the one that, that come up with the idea to run and th- find something. But I wasn't, I didn't have, I wasn't very long on social media. And I didn't have that many people that I followed. Well, I did have quite a lot, but yeah, I hadn't seen his stuff before Sports Direct reached out. But now there's more than than them two. There's another, I think there's two big ones who do run until, um, and they do like run until you find someone named Sue and this per- particular person, his name's Tom actually, Tom Trotter. He's really funny. I really like his style. He's the UK guy. And he's a totally different as well. And he interacts with his people and he asks everyone if their name is Sue and stuff. <laughs> um, so... I think the way that I made it my own was because literally they told me a very loose concept and I just had to work work out myself what I wanted to do. And then it changed, it did change over time. Like obviously as your skills get better doing it and then I listened to people and what, and you obviously the views and the likes you look at as well and what people did like, what people didn't like. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's really fun to get creative and, and obviously I get what, I'm looking for from the people from the comments that I get and I love that because I'm always on trend if you like with what people are talking about or thinking about because I remember when the corn kid was um was all happening and someone told me to run until I see corn and when I read that I was like what a brilliant comment I'm so happy they commented that because that is one I could do like I could do that one um 
yeah so yeah yeah i just love it that's awesome i like just going back to what you said there you've got the the american guy like putting the og stamp on it who is he or she it's brandon his name is your boy runs the um so brandon was the one who said he's the original guy he's the american guy your boy runs but he doesn't show his face i mean he's He's a very, um, like, a game, and, and they're brilliant, and they're very, very smooth. He uses a gimbal. Um, I actually reached out to him, and I did put this in a video ages ago on my thing because every now and then, Marcus, someone from that's been following Brandon for a long time will come up on my videos and say, stolen content or you're copying him, and I would – I don't – I really, really don't like that because I'd hate to think I'd stolen someone's idea – um, and when I first got these comments on TikTok, because I hadn't even done Run TC and Instagram yet, saying stolen content, I was thinking, what? Like, who have I stolen it from? And then I discovered Brandon and I reached out to him and I showed him what Sports Direct had sent me. And I said, look, um, I don't know if this was your original concept, if you're the only one. Do you want me to credit you? Like, I do them like this. They're my own style. I love your content, blah, blah. Because I really, I do like the thought of, people protecting the creators that they like like you don't want someone like barefaced copying you Um, and his response was really really nice his response was lovely it was like he's happy for anyone to do them um it encourages people to get out and running and it makes running fun like all the kind of things i say about like the good things about doing running tcs really really nice response and then he said "I'll, i'll give you some to do and he's since given me things to find um that i've done um what was I getting to? Oh yeah, his content. His content is very gamey, and he's got a lot of game gamer gamers that follow him um, that you can tell through the comments and stuff. And it's and it's like a lot of funk. I don't know if you know the music genre funk. No. It's, it's quite gamey. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna try and sing it. That's like I, I can't even do an impression of it. But it's like gamey music and me. Okay. You know, like kind of it's like a Tetris music, but funky. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's what his style is like. Very smooth, very funky, and it's all American scenery as well, which I think is another brilliant thing. Like, the Sweden woman, you see Sweden scenery, and she's got a husky, and she runs through the forests looking for her items, and she often finds multiple items, which I've never never done before. And then the American guy, it's all American, smooth, gamey kind of content. And then mine is obviously like a mix of trails and town. Um, so yeah, I like it, and and all the other people that that do it, I'm more than happy for them to do it. All the people I've spoke to, are more than happy for me to do it. It's kind of like one of them trends that 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 is a nice trend for people to try if they've if they want to try it. I think that's quite quite cool that you only reached out to him, and he it was pretty cool that he gave you some extra stuff. So like to have to look yeah. at, so that was pretty cool. I was so pleased because it did worry me when I started reading those comments and. And when people start liking it, like it does get in your head and you think, does everyone think that I've stolen his thing? And it totally wasn't like that. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciated that because, to be honest, I mean, I don't know what I would have done if he said, no, I don't like you doing them because you can't own a trend. Like, And yeah. it, I didn't look at his and like bareface copy it. So I don't know what I would have done. And, uh, and my love for doing them grew and I got my own style and I perfected how I like doing them um but yeah i was just i was just pleased it was amicable and i don't want to i don't want to upset people by my content i mean that's the other thing you when you reach when you end up reaching millions of people with any type of content anyone does there's bound to be a one percent or less than one percent that you're gonna upset 
even if it's happy running content, like sometimes I think surely this cannot upset anybody, but there's always going to be that 1% and you never know why. Like they've got stuff going on in their lives or some other type of reason they're going to be annoyed with your content. So yeah, yeah, that's just another thing I think. Like you can't get that into your head too much. Like I know I'm doing things from a good place and I'm all I want to do is like motivate people and make people happy and enjoy myself while I'm doing it. So yeah, I don't want to upset anybody. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's like an important thing and I I can relate to it on a smaller scale, but a similar scale. I don't think we're really designed to be in contact with so many people and so many like opinions. So like how do you kind of like limit you know, you've got so many opinions coming at you and obviously it's great if it's positive, but then I guess sometimes you kind of have to like put a, a filter on the positive and the negative so you can kind of create a bit of space between yourself. Yeah. It's so true and it's so interesting and I've definitely learned so much by having all of these opinions quickly about me, about myself or about my content in in a short thing. And there's a few things, I mean, I I really, really appreciate my other heart of Ollie. All of the negative stuff, I go straight to him and to be honest, nine times out of ten, we really laugh about it and the more brutal it is, it just cracks Ollie up. Because it's like some of the comments people say it is just you just think like what well, how is that the first thing that comes into your head when you see this? Um, but I don't I don't ever delete stuff and I and to be honest again I'm I'm very lucky that I don't know if it's over time or just naturally or it it kind of just always been the way I am I'm quite self assured that I'm like I said before I'm not trying to upset people so when I get this hate. I do read it and obviously you do listen to it. And I'm not saying that nothing ever doesn't affect me because, I mean, anybody's lying that say, says that, that they, they wouldn't be affected by any kind of harsh words. But I do think over time I've got even better at looking at the negative comments from a really neutral place and seeing both sides. And sometimes, like, it is good to read, like, what somebody's negative view is and you can't always get exactly how they've written it when it's how they're saying it when it's written. So it might not be filled with venom. It might be their actual opinion from from their life experiences or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's how I deal with it. I'm, I'm like I say, I'm grateful and lucky that I, I can't even remember the last time a comment has affected me. But I do respond a lot of the time to the hate one sometimes I'm a little bit sarky and I have to hold myself back from that because I always think like you you want these pages to be like especially so many people out there like you do want to be or you don't want to be a good role model basically yeah but then I am myself on my pages so I do find that sometimes if it's a real funny negative sarcastic comment then sometimes I get a bit sarky back to it um not not ever personal but I'll have a, have a little. So, what did somebody says on this video? You need a sports bra, and I know you don't want to, you don't want to um, talk, talk about that sort of thing in too much detail. And I was like, like, like I wouldn't have any sports bras, or wouldn't be wearing a sports bra. Like, I know this is probably like the first video that come up on their page, and they've seen my chest moving a little bit, and for some reason, and it was it was a female as well. For some reason, this female just wanted to reach out and tell me you should get a sports bra. But I just had to reply with like, I've got many sports bras. And then I thought I'd make it a little bit more thought about this comment. And I said, I said, you don't have to wear a sports bra that keeps your chest 
like literally glued to your chest. Like the sports bra I was wearing was one of my most comfortable sports bras and they're moving a little bit in the video, but that's not going to be totally embarrassing to me because I don't think it should. Yeah. And yeah, just comments like that, just literally I'm like, is that the first thing you think of when you watch my stuff? But yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I think you like you hit the nail on the head there. It's like you just don't know what other people are going through and their thoughts and whether they're having a bad day and not to always take it in that way, even though it might trigger us. And I was just thinking, like, have you ever seen, like, I think Jimmy Kimmel did this a while back with celebrities where they did, like, mean tweets. Have you ever thought about doing, like, a real where you just, like, read out, like, some of the most ridiculous things people said about you? I could, I could. And I I would definitely take the names off that because exactly like you say, like, people do say stuff. Yeah. But, and they kind of think that I, – I, I do think that sometimes they think – People that have a bit more followers or whatever, they think they won't read it or they think they don't see it, I think. And they think they can throw their, if they're having a bad day, they can get it off their chest, make themselves feel better for throwing a bit of hay out and they won't get anything back. And that's another reason I like replying sometimes because I want people to know that the stuff that you do say online, like if you're having a bad day or whatever, just think about it for a couple of seconds and think that there are humans behind these accounts and some people are very affected by the words. So I do like to respond sometimes with something a little bit um, sarcastic, just so people know that there should be repercussions for, like, venting online. And you wouldn't walk up to someone in the street who's having a bad day and say, like, you need a sports bra, love, or, like, you're a twat bastard or something. Like, you wouldn't do it. So I think, like, people should think think twice before they write things online. But, but yeah, it, it does make laughable content. I could definitely make a funny video of stuff like that. I think you're doing the right thing to honest. Uh, you know, sometimes it's not always about chucking more fuel into the fire. I think you've got the right temperament for it. So no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I want to sort of think about, like, obviously we've talked about some of these moments which probably might be some of your least favourite moments of like what you're doing. But what's, say, some of the your best moments, some of your favourite moments from doing these videos? My favourite moment. So my the one that really sticks in my head that was a really, really happy moment. I mean, do you know what? I get... As this is uh, this is me though, and and I can't help being like this, but I am an emotional person in a, in a happy way. And when I find these certain things that I'm looking for, like I literally get so overjoyed. And my because because I'm like I'm looking for it and finding it, and then when I find it, it's probably like a little bit of a relief. But then also if if it's something cool that I think everyone else will like, that also gives me an extra bit of happiness. But I remember the first one was the, the Sports Direct one was a statue. And like I've said a lot before in my comments, I don't want to give the whole um, sort of concept and how I do them, but some of them are literally I'm running out and finding them, but some of them I obviously know where roughly something might be. Like I run to a place that I think something might be. Like I'm not going to do a one in the middle of the city where I think it's a sheep. Like I'm not going to do run to your sheep, to your sheep in the city. But yeah, I was doing the um, a statue, my first one, and my dad had said, you should do that. You should start down in Shell Ness because it's quite historic. And I think my dad probably knew like what um, statues and that were down there. And I was running for ages and I run across the beach and beach running. And I thought it would look cool in the video. And mine was so unstable um, at the time. I should share it actually for people to see like how I've begun these. It was really like wiggling around. I don't know how anyone enjoyed it, but I thought the beach would look cool in the video. So I was running along the beach and I was running along this beach for ages and I got really exhausted also from holding my phone up because I hadn't had a lot of practice doing that either. And then I was thinking, oh, this run is getting so long. I think we got to four miles. 
I'm starting to think, oh, is this a bad idea? And then I got onto the road again and I was thinking, right, statue, find a statue, something that looks like a statue, just anything. And then I got to the a statue and it was like near some caravan parks on a little outcrop of grass by itself of the Wright brothers with like their arms in the air. And I just literally loved it because I like the I like the Irish Shepherd, the history it has anyway, because um, my family from the island. Um but yeah, I can just remember being really overjoyed. And then from that moment, I thought, yeah, all right, these run until you see things, they might do well because I loved it. And I think I can put this together and make it fun. So yeah, that's the most happiest one I've ever, I've ever felt. And I think because it was my first one, it was it was happy as well. But yeah, there's been quite a few that I've liked. The animal ones I absolutely love. Like I, I like filming animals anyway, and I've had some quite nice animal interactions. And that's the other thing, just one last point on this. But the whole thing about these run TCs, it makes you look around so much for things. And I mean, I, I do, that's another, that's, that is a reason I love trail running anyway, because you're out in nature, you're looking around and um, just taking it all in. But I'm, I feel like I'm looking around even more now. And especially with the animals and sometimes the bugs ones and stuff like that. Like, I feel like I've seen so much more on these runs and appreciated so much more things that I've found or little things that I've seen that brings me quite a lot of joy as well just to appreciate like the little things I'm finding rather than zooming along not looking if that makes sense so yeah Yeah, that's a really good point I think it's so easy sometimes when you're running to kind of really not pay attention to things Mm. um, and like to get in your own little world and like you're saying because you're consciously subconsciously looking for certain things you're definitely you're more aware to searching and trying to look out for things more than you would have done norm not saying you just kind of like run with blinkers on and you kind of trying to leave the house as quick as possible and get back as quick as possible Mm. do you know what i mean definitely no that's exactly it you're right because it has changed my running i would say because before i did run until you sees i was learning about the 80 20 rule and i was trying to slow my easy runs down because I did have a bit of an ego, to be honest, and I loved, I still love Strava, but I loved Strava segments, and <laughs> I'd get to something that I knew was a segment, and I'd always try and do it as fast as I can, even if it was an easy run, and I slowly tried to force myself not to think about segments and stuff, but now, with these running TCs, I care more about what I'm looking for and the video that I'm finding just I'm really running at my nice, comfortable pace. And it's it's actually, I think, improved my running a lot by slowing them down. And then obviously, like I say to everyone, you've got, you have got to push. If, you, if, you've got, if you've got a time goal or a distance goal, it is quite important to push for that 20%. But I am finding I'm able to do that more now because I've slowed down and I'm just bimbling along and enjoying it rather than thinking about zooming along. Exactly like you say, like I'm not trying to get back as fast as possible. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Is there anything that you couldn't find? And probably what is the funniest request that you've been asked to look for? Oh, two good questions. So I can remember recently I couldn't find a gnome, which was so frustrating because I was sure there was going to be a gnome. And I I was sure that I'd seen so many gnomes around this area. But I got to 10 miles and I was like, no, this this shouldn't even be a long run day. I cannot run looking for the stupid gnome longer. Um, so then I did go on live on TikTok and I normally chat to people and say, I'm out running and I couldn't find a gnome. And then, yeah, and then ran home nice and gently because I was exhausted after that one. 
And the funniest things, I love the really obscure ones. And I might try and do some of these obscure ones. So like a man in a certain colored hat. And, <laughs> but, then, but then people ask me to, that. I, I do love the obscure ones of people wearing things, but I don't like to film like kids and babies. And I've got so many baby ones. Like people keep asking me to run until I see a newborn baby. And I get that that would be cute, but that's that's kind of a weird one that I just can't see would work because I can't like literally run into a hospital and I wouldn't run up to a mum. I wouldn't really like run up to a mum with a newborn baby and stick my camera in their face because I, I do like people ones. And most of the time I'm running along and I'm smiling. And if somebody, for example, is walking a dog and I'm looking for a particular type of dog, I kind of give them a smile and check that they're, that they don't look like they're like get out of my face or really don't want to be filmed because I, I don't want people to feel uncomfortable about it. And then obviously I always explain it afterwards, like once I've stopped filming their animal or filming them if they're wearing a certain colour top or whatever, and then check with their cool of it, cool with it, and then they normally like laugh and like it and whatever. But yeah, I, I do like an obscure one. I mean, I don't want or don't want all my comments to come through now to be really obscure. But yeah, I, I, I like I like all the different things people can think of. And like I said earlier, like I love the ones that are very on trend. Because when they asked me to find black pink, I didn't know what that was. I'm not going to lie. I, do you know what black pink is? No. It, it's a band. Um, really? It's a girl band. And okay. I ran looking for black pink. And before I ran and looked for them, I obviously searched them to find like, what on earth is this I'm looking for. And I realised I did know some of their music and I had actually heard some of the songs um, and I think it was quite played a lot on um, Instagram, like on reels and stuff. But I really like them ones because then I found I ran to a shop and it had black pink, a top of black pink in the in on one of the mannequins. But I like them ones. Like I say, like I just am so grateful that this kind of style gives me such an interaction with people and different ages of people and what they're thinking about and what everyone's talking about. So yeah, I just love it. I want people to ask whatever they're whatever's on their mind, whatever they're loving at the moment. And one more thing that I absolutely love is people that have a real passion for something. They're asking me about something that they love. So the owl one in particular was um, somebody that had an owl account that absolutely loved owls. And the tractor one was a tractor account. And when I ran and found this old tractor, and obviously I replied to their comment, this guy commented and knew exactly what tractor it was and said like, I think it's even said what age it was. Um, so those are like really fulfilling as well because like I feel like the people that I'm doing it for like get a lot get a lot out of it if they if it's something they really love. Yeah, it seems like there's, there's a lot of joy from it. Like you can tell you find it a lot of fun, and I think that comes across with interacting with the audience and the stuff they give you and and, and the stuff you give them back. And I know you spoke about just makes you more aware of just kind of the running and probably enjoying the running. Not saying you didn't enjoy the running before but you know it opens your eyes a little bit more but in kind of doing the run into your C videos what have you learned about yourself beyond also what we've spoken about oh what have I learned about myself I've very much enjoyed exploring the creative side of me and again when you get the I don't I don't want to use the word validation but when people like like the the things that I do or the things that I come up with that's quite nice so I suppose I've learned that I can make things creative and make things fun. That's quite a nice thing that I've learned about myself. And I didn't really think that I had any sort of technical skills, but I kind of suppose I've learned that about myself a little bit. 
that I can put something together, a digital video together, and people will like it. Um, running wise, mainly just the things that I've said that I can enjoy runs, really slow them down, look around, be conversational. And the ego thing is just a main one. Like I've learned to just calm my ego down and not, you do, do not need to run your runs fast. And my times have, have improved my marathon time. I mean, it's obviously not just because he's run until he sees that my marathon time has improved because I, I um, didn't do, I, there was a long period of time where I was marathon training and I didn't do run until he sees. Um, but yeah, that's that's just one of the main things. And one of the main things I say to everyone, I mean, it, it's very well said by by lots of big content creators, but I'll, I'll always constantly say it to new runners, easy runs, easy. Like you don't have to stick completely to the 80-20 rule but you do not need to go out and run all your runs as fast as you can. You actually, if you're a beginner, do it literally as slow as you can. Slow, mm. slow, especially at the start, slow your run down, slow as you can, nice little plod. And then once a week or even once every fortnight, then your body will be able to really push because it hasn't overdone it on those other sessions. Yeah, I think that's quality advice. And just going back to what you said, because you've actually inspired me in my runs because I think sometimes in my runs I like routine and you just get stuck in a a way of doing things and I posted a story a while back basically trying to see like how many parks I could run in in my my usual run I think I set like a like a number six but then I got up to a bit more but I didn't end up posting that in the end but it was just more the fact of like sometimes it was about just trying to open your eyes to try to explore where you live because sometimes you don't always see it yeah yeah that's so true like you say we do always get comfortable with with what we know and then and then the route like you say you probably knew where you can push it in your route and your whole body probably knows the sort of pace that it does on the certain part of it so it is not it is definitely nice for for your mind and your body to mix it up to mix it up mm. absolutely and like yeah just just yeah just to look for things i think when you're looking for things like you're saying you you become more aware of other things so that's also a, a cool byproduct as well and just going back to what you spoke about with advice as well is especially on the social media as a as a creator like with giving advice you just don't know what that person's lived experiences or what they're going through so sometimes i don't know the full picture to give them advice just because like say i've trained in a certain way to get a certain result and i've got it this way doesn't mean necessarily that it'll work for you in this way i just don't know that mm. and I guess the question I'm asking is like, how do you kind of manage that kind of tricky balance between, you know, giving advice, but also just, you know, I don't know what I'm asking here. Is this making any no, sense? At all? No, I really like it. And it is, it yeah. is something I think about often. I, I do, I completely get what you're trying to say. Yeah. And I feel like it is very, very difficult with people giving specialized advice, um, if they're not qualified and they don't know the person, because exactly like you say, running can be completely specific. People have different goals, different lifestyles, different even injuries or different style of running. But that's why my, all of my advice, I do try and come from a place of this is my personal opinion. And I do feel quite supported because I did do sports science degree and I have done a few other qualifications that make me believe that I do have knowledge to back up most of, like the thing the topics but I would never that's the other thing I would never I would never give detailed advice on something that I wasn't confident about like I'd obviously direct people to certain different people like physio stuff I wouldn't give people advice on injuries on what to do 
but I would give my personal opinion. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I would say, like, from my knowledge or from my studying or even from what's happened to me in my body, I've learned this and this is this is what I have had the experience of. But I wouldn't I wouldn't ever say, like, do this and this is going to fix you. I would always say seek professional advice for an injury or something like that. So, yeah, I, I totally get what you mean about not wanting to give advice, but it's it's kind of like I want to find the middle ground because I don't. I do run a lot and I always, I mean, anything I've ever done, if you do it a lot and you have some knowledge that might help other people, it's very fulfilling. It's very fulfilling for anyone to feel like they're helping someone in a good way. So I do always want to do that and I want to share as much as I can, but I'm not a physio. Like I said, I did done a sports science degree, but that was a while ago and I've done a couple of other qualifications, but it's not the area I work in. So anything that I say, all of the stuff that I say is more from a place of lived experience and just general personal views on topics. And the other thing is that science is always changing all the time and people get so fixed on a particular study, for example, or a particular theory that one scientist has come up with, especially in running. And there's always a counter theory and there's always people that are coming up with different things. So I just think it's very, very good to have an open mind and listen to all different types of people. So if I say something and, and you don't agree with it, then that's great. Like totally get another opinion and find out what somebody else has said because they might have done different studies or had different experience. And that's how I that's how I deal with my sort of running and my knowledge of running as well. Like I love to have lots of different people's opinions, even if they're different to my own, because you always learn something from different types of runners. I do love sharing the knowledge side of it. And I do love the entertainment factor of it. And I feel like I've got like, I've probably, and I've said, said this a million times, I feel like I've got probably an 80-20 with that as well. Like, I feel like 80% is just a nice, easy, happy, make people smile kind of watch. That's my aim. But then 20% of it, I really do want to add a bit of knowledge and a bit of value. Because like I said, if I think if I think I can help people with a bit of knowledge that I want to say, then I will try and add that in, especially if people are asking, asking for that sort of thing. But they like I say, always get different opinions and not always your favourite person with the most followers has all the answers to everything. They might be a specialist in their certain type of thing, but they're not, because you love them for one thing, they might not be the best person to go to for everything. Yeah, yeah, makes a lot of sense. I think it's almost a bit of a travesty, really. We've got into like nearly... 50 minutes of conversation I've not asked you my main question what does a runner's life mean to you oh I'm sorry (laughs) that's nothing you've done because I've just done it completely the backwards way I really want to go into the fun questions first so that people want to hear so I think a runner's life to me is first and foremost freedom to be honest running help has helped me connect with people so much and just the just the community that I've got in my local community from running I've recently started a run club with two ladies I I've become really close to good friends of mine now and running has just always opened so many doors to do so many things like even before social media and so many places that I've visited and yeah it's just crazy that it's such a simple sport and you can just anyone can do it and you can just get so much out of it. So, yeah, that's what I think a runner's life means to me. Many, many opportunities and a lot of freedom, to be honest. That's my answer. It's like an interesting answer because it's like freedom to explore yourself 
and you, you, the world that you inhabit, but also you talk about community and working with your friends to inspire others as well. Yeah, that's a ma- massive, massive part of it for me. And I do feel like that has really developed the longer I've been running because it used to be more... If you'd asked me, what does a runner's life mean to me? If you'd asked me that sort of probably two... No, probably three or four years ago, I would have said a runner's life is achieving fast times, doing loads of races and like getting loads of medals or something like that. And I mean, maybe not that conceited and, and shallow. Like I probably would have mentioned parts of the other things that I enjoy about races, like the atmosphere and like the people. Um, but I think definitely over time and definitely the more runners that I've come into contact with and gotten close to, and social media has definitely played a part in the the more the freedom aspect of it, the more opportunities and not it's not just about pace anymore with my running and it's not just about achieving the things like I feel like I value the other stuff a bit more now and I, I love hitting fast times and I love achieving these big goals but I value connecting people through running because I've had more experience doing it now I don't want to say more because I love both the, both of those things. I love achieving my goals and I do love achieving times. But yeah, I definitely value the community side of running equally now. I want to go back to actually last year, you completed a 50k run. Can you talk about how that went? Yeah, that was absolutely amazing. So that was a race called the Sea to Summit that w- it was in Wales that it was supposed to be. And it's actually rescheduled to the 12th, which from the time of recording this next weekend and when I went up there um just before Christmas I thought it was going to be on um I did a YouTube explaining it I was so nervous because I hadn't got the right route it wouldn't download on my watch I was planning on using a map but I'm not very good at using a map and I got to my friend John's house I was staying with him and his wife Sophie they're absolutely lovely he was running it as well and on the night before this race in Wales, which I'd driven quite a way to get to, the organiser said the weather conditions are too bad. They've got to cancel it. And I've never known that for a long race to be cancelled the night before. But it was very snowy and the visibility was bad. So I do understand, like, with Mountain Rescue, they probably said it's not safe and whatever. So, yeah, it was it was gutting. And then I was thinking, oh, I've driven up to stay here I've got to do like a little run, but luckily John and the other two girls and a guy, all them three were also still happy to go out and do a 50k route, a new revised route that that they were going to plan that wasn't a point to point that was like a loop so we could like drive there and get back. And yeah, so we did that and it was absolutely brilliant, like just absolutely lovely people, exactly the kind of chilled but want to get a good running vibe that I love. Um, really nice chats with them all and yeah just absolutely really enjoyed that 50k it was brilliant we did it before the sun went down because we got there because it was like fairly short days in December we got there just as the sun was rising finished it before sunset the 50k and then went to the pub afterwards and it was brilliant and <laughs> the um the uh real race is rescheduled to not this weekend but next weekend so now I feel like I've done a really good recce and I'm like really a lot more confident. I actually need to sort my watch out. I'm, I'm planning on getting um, a Coros again. Um, but yeah, now I feel like I can actually be quite competitive in it. 
and I feel like I can actually probably race it a bit more because before when I was traveling to that race I was nervous but I was still thinking I just want to get around like I don't care about time but now I'm thinking I might try and be a bit racy I think that sounds cool though to an an experience though like you're saying you've got that good recce and it kind of I guess some of the there's some funny moments in there as well so at least you kind of know what to expect up to a point because but wales is a is a tough place to run in as well it's beautiful but it can be tough as well i mean that's where the special forces train so yeah it's not like a walk in a park yeah oh definitely totally agree and even though i say i loved it and it was a brilliant day that is not to say i didn't find it difficult oh my god i had a real low at mile 27 because where it's snow as well i've never run in snow that was another thing that was making me a bit nervous about kit because I thought everything's going to be drenched. But funny enough, those arrows and the thick hilly socks I wore were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But yeah, mile 27, drudging up a hill in the snow, and it wasn't running, it was it was literally trying to power walk, but it was a slow walk. Oh, my energy was just gone. And my calves were throbbing. That's one thing I remember from doing those hills. My, it wasn't my quads. My quads were fine, and downhill was fine. It was my calves. Yeah, but yeah, totally agree with you. It's, it's t- tough terrain, but really, really interesting, really good, interesting running. Is there anything else coming up race-wise that you've got in the diary that you're you're thinking about doing? Yeah, I've got many. My main ones, I've got a 100k in February with Saxons Vikings Normans, which are a really, really friendly, brilliant group that do a lot of lapped ultras. They're the ones I did the 50k the weekend just gone with. Um, that with my friend Josie who's also my run club um, leader lady um, with me so that's that's going to be a good one not really aiming to be very very competitive at that I just want to do the 100k and my main other big massive ones aren't until May which are the Thames Path 100 miler and I've got a backyard ultra which I'd like to do 100 miles and then obviously I've got fantastic races like London thrown in there but London I think I've said to you before, I won't, I won't, I'll try my best not to race London because it should be just a build up to these ultras that I'm doing in May. So I'm going to try not to go too crazy there. Famous last words. I know. You know I'll see you like, sprinting towards the end. You'll be like, get out of the way, Marcus. <laughs> oh, sorry, Marcus. No, you you sprinting. You've just got to shout, you're an ultra runner, you idiot. Stop. You've got to shout, man. I just love, I do love the racing atmosphere and it, it is silly, book it. But you can't say no to London, that's the thing. And I've got in on Good for Age, like I'm, I'm not going to say no to that. But I have learned, like I do try and not book races as training runs, especially not to races because it's just silly. Like if you're a runner and you enjoy competing, it's so difficult not to push yourself if you enjoy pushing yourself. Because then I, I just know that I'm going to get to the end and think like, oh, I could have like, run that London a bit faster. But I'm sure there'll be other opportunities. Yeah, I've got got to got to chill out in London. Yeah, you're like you're saying, there's so many races, because I was kind of almost going to follow on by saying, is there anything that you wanted to do abroad in terms of race-wise? Yeah, I have. I have looked at lots of things abroad. There's so many things that have come up that I thought, oh, I'd love to do that. Barcelona was one of them, um, and a couple of other fast ones. But now I'm thinking abroad-wise, Something that I want to do more than a fast abroad marathon than Barcelona is probably the UTMB, which is a trail thing, which is like the pinnacle of trail racing, really. The Mont Blanc up the, up the mountains doing, is that, is that even 100 miles? I know that there's a 50 mile one that I want to do. 
yeah, I'm sure it is 100 miles, the proper one. You get, obviously, as you probably know, like you get your stones and that. And I know there's like a more entry level race up the mountains in France, which is a 50 miler, which I think they call the CC. But yeah, I've loosely got my eyes on on France mountains to do a broad race in. But yeah, I've get get focused on this 100 miler um, over here first. And then I think I'll spread my wings and try some other broad stuff. Because I loved Iceland. I don't know if you saw, I did, um, that was my first ever race I've done abroad, the Iceland Rec That looked really cool. It was so cool. I'd highly recommend it. It was brilliant. And it wasn't trail, but I, like I said, I love road and I do love trail. And I was thinking of doing the the mountainous volcano race that they do in Iceland, but I was so glad I did book the marathon one because it was just fantastically organised. And I got PB there, so, oh, no, I didn't actually. I got very close to my PB, but not quite a PB um but yeah all of it was fantastic i love iceland love that marathon i'd highly recommend that one it was really good there's so many like great options out there i feel like i i want to chuck some at you but i'm like at the same time are you put some really great ones out there it's just like don't add to the list (laughs) no i I loved i love my list being long go on what's your number one abroad race that you'd think would be a good recommendation i can't say it's my number one but probably one i did recently was in the azores that was amazing it's like in the point between like it's like in the middle of well not quite in the middle of the atlantic ocean more towards our side it's like the the point where like you know you've got ships going across atlantic that's where they stop but it's a beautiful island oh wow and it's not super popular but there's enough people that go that make it you know an interesting race you know there's a guy called mario and he's the the race director and yeah he was really cool really hospitable when i went out there as well that's it, Ultra Blue Island. I mean, there's other ones like Spartathlon. There's loads of races even in the States as well. There's so much. But yeah, it's just time, money, yeah, <laughs> trading, exactly. all that sort of stuff. You're so right. You're so right. America is definitely another one that I really, really want. They've got some awesome ultras out there. Yeah. What were you expecting me to say, though? Because um, you're fast. I don't know why. I expected you to say like a high-profile fast one. I don't know why I shouldn't shouldn't judge you on your on your time. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't expect you to say like a an obscure trail one, but I love that. That's interesting. I quite enjoy because like like you say, like on one hand, you've got like the bigger races where there's a lot happening, but in this race, a lot of the time you're obviously you start off with lots of people, but then as it spreads out, you're on your own, and it's just amazing to be in this space. You know, you, sometimes you look down and you think wow i'm like this small dot in this amazing environment we're running down areas which is like volcano and like there's a bit of a volcanic rock that got stuck in my shoe that i still got at home oh, i love that that's brilliant <laughs> did you leave it in the race did you get it out during the race yeah i took it out during the race but i put it in my one of my my pockets you know you've got many pockets haven't you when you're a trail runner <laughs> you've, got, yeah. you've got pockets for days yeah so that was it was a lot of fun as we get towards the end of the conversation what guests would you love to hear on the podcast and what would you like to ask them well okay well i didn't know he's gonna ask me this question and it might be too not realistic but we've mentioned him but i'd just love for you to have a chat with david goggins and i don't know all of your views on him right but i think You'd be a good person. I like I just that's why I love his audio books much more than he does his books, because I love the back and forward conversations that he has. And like I say, like I don't agree with everything he says, but I just like hearing him in conversation form with somebody that will ask him good questions and then like 
yeah, I just I just enjoy hearing him speak. Cause I like some of the stuff he says, and find him so motivating as well. And do I do think he's got a lot of good knowledge and just a funny view on things, and a really like motivating view on a lot of things. Um, so yeah, so if you want to get David Goggins on, then I'd be really pleased. That'd be awesome. What would you ask him? What do you get, get me to ask him? What would I get you to ask him? So he seems to have like opened when he, when he brought his first book out. I thought there's nothing more that he can do in his second book about his life. Like I thought that it would it would be like literally just motivational race experiences and stuff. But even more come out that was just so like I don't even know the word just touching. I suppose like he was even more vulnerable so I'd like you to like delve into that a little bit because he's obviously open about talking about it and I do feel like he's got a lot of things that he's learned from and reflected on that is really really interesting so definitely some like um stuff about his past again even though I know like a lot of what he's mentioned already and then yes it'd have to be questions about his past and what he's learned from it and how he feels about it now and then I also think you've got to ask him race questions and obviously a lot of mindset stuff because also in his um, most recent book I don't know if you've read it or listened to it yet I won't give it all away but there was he hasn't stayed this like I don't want to swear but this hard mother ever like for continuously and I didn't expect that from him but I love that as well like he's gone through different periods in his life where he's had to step back and and again reset and take on this this more tough mindset again so yeah I just think he's a brilliant person to talk to because he knows not everyone's going to like what he's going to say and he knows that none many parts of his life isn't perfect but he's so open about it and he's still got this tough unshakable kind of mindset yeah I'd let you I'd let you plan the questions but it's got to be mindset and motivational racy kind of stuff questions in there as well that would be an awesome guest I'd love to have Goggins on um I don't want to interrupt what you're saying but yeah I find it easy now to listen to audiobooks and read books. So I've listened to his audiobook, the recent one, and I think yeah, it was an amazing one. You, know, you say it goes into more detail, and without giving away too much to people that haven't listened to it, but I don't know if you can relate to this as well. There were some funny bits in there, some touching bits in there. The bit with his mum, that definitely got me quite emotional when I was listening to it on the run, yeah. listening to what she went through, but also but to see how she'd come through it and made her life, that was amazing. And other bits where he talked about taking responsibility for himself. He was saying when he went back to see his dad and all the pain his dad has caused him and to, you know, how he had to be like, look, I'm not going to blame him anymore. I'm going to take responsibility for my life. And that's what he's always talking about. I'm not here to motivate you. I'm here to show you a spark, but you have to do the stuff yourself. That's exactly it. No, you're so right. And that is that is definitely what I got from the audio book. And the, the bit with his mum is the bit that, that I was, that I was um, referring to when I was saying about what he was back over in his past and new stuff that come out. And I just thought that was brilliant. And just hearing the back and forth, I mean, brilliant, but not brilliant in lots of ways, but so raw and real and, and hearing them talk to each other. Like so many people don't like some of his actions or some of this stuff that he does now. And I know some of the trail community don't like some of his actions or whatever, but he is very different. He's uncommon, like he says, and you can't like take those experiences and how he talks about them you can't take that away from him and the way he reflects and reacts to those experiences and exactly like you say like the way he talks about going back to his dad and he and he does these things but still 
thinks with this mindset like I do just think he's brilliant like he motivates me and he's, he's not trying to fluff things up or motivate people like he is what he is and he can't be anything else but he's still very reflective and and sharing all of these tools that he has learned and, and some of his tools I just think are brilliant like simple but very fantastic and loads of help me but yeah I'm a big fan I'm a big fan of him absolutely there's one funny bit in it that when he he was in that race where he was um, with that, that pacer and his pacer was, I think, struggling, you know, the bit I'm talking about. And um, the guy passed him and went, hey, I'm going to tell my son that I passed David Goggins. <laughs> and this, like, his, like, mindset for that was just brilliant after that. It's like, don't, don't poke the bear. <laughs> and he poked the bear. Oh, and, and that is him, like, you can't change him. But I was in so two minds about that, that, that thing, right? how I felt about that and that was quite near the start of the audiobook wasn't it I think yeah and I was thinking like oh I don't know like this is the side of, of David Goggins that people do moan about like yeah would I do that would I not do that I don't know until you're in the moment and somebody says that to you but I totally get it that that some people would think that that was a wrong thing to do a right thing to do and I was like or do I think that's wrong or right but at the end of the day like that's him that's how he thinks and that's what he does and he still does a lot of good with what he does. So he's sharing how what he would do if someone pokes the bear, like you say. Um, yeah, that was that was really funny. You can just picture it, can't you? He's going absolutely ham and taking his soul. <laughs> one final thing I want to ask you before we wrap this up is can you talk about like one like important lesson that you've learned through failing? Yes, I have. I mean, failing. There's so much to learn from failing. And when I think about failing, I think about a recent event where I haven't achieved what I set out to achieve. And the thing is, for me, like, I'm quite good with failure, I think, because in my everyday work, you always learn from something that doesn't go quite right. And there's not often when I've done something, I've given it my all, and I really see it as a failure. Like the outcome might have been a bit different to what I wanted it to be. But this particular failure I'm thinking of was my backyard when I aimed to do 100 miles and I only got to 75 miles. And I was absolutely gutted, like crying. And it sounds stupid because a lot of people say, we run 75 miles, like that's awesome. And, and it was my first backyard and stuff. But it felt like an absolute failure in my heart because you're so determined and as, as an ultra runner, you probably know, like you've got to, you've got to believe in your head that it's you reach what you're trying to reach, or nothing, like or you crawl to the end. Like there's no, there's no like tapping out if you if you're going to go in, into a big ultra. But with that failure, ever since it happened, and I got sad about it and whatever. Recently, after it, it was in May last year. I always said to myself that it was nutrition because I like Huel, and especially on lapped ultras, I like to drink Huel because it's easily digested used to it and so I'd made up all of this fuel and planned when I was going to have it and I'd left loads of it in my fridge and when I'd got through the night running and I and I was on I think I was on mile 60 yeah so I'd gone through the night I'd realized I'd run out of fuel and I was so pissed off with myself and I and it just got it's just got in my head and I wouldn't I didn't eat anything else because I was like right my fuel's not here my plan has gone it's messed up and obviously when you're running and you're running through the night and as you know when you're fatigued your brain just doesn't work properly so yeah so that failure I always said to myself it was it was a nutritional failure it was my nutrition that I didn't get right 
But as I reflect on it even more and I thought about like the failure even deeply, I really believe now that it definitely was a mindset thing. It was absolutely a, a number of things fed into it, but it was absolutely my mind at some point I, I knew I couldn't get to the end and I didn't tap out or anything. I didn't do my lap fast enough, which was because I hadn't eaten enough. But it was all a mindset thing. Like if I'm, if my mind was still short on completing that event, I would have eaten anything. I would have got some kind of carbs in. I wouldn't have been so fixed on this fuel. So I've now booked this race again. As I mentioned, it's one of my big A race. Well, the Thames Path is my A race, but I've booked the backyard again and I'm going to go for 100 miles again. So to answer your question more concisely, what I learned from that failure is just a massive, massive learning point of it's not always the failure you think it is first of all. Like, and I know it was a nutritional problem, but now because that happened, I do feel like I've learned even more about myself and my mind and about ultra running from not reaching that then. And I wouldn't have really thought this deeply about it or this deeply about what can go wrong if that hadn't had happened. And I mean, it's, I mean, people say it all the time and, it, and it's so true. Like failure is, is definitely a massive learning point and it's not always a bad thing. And I really, I mean, I can't say that I wouldn't have wanted to get to a hundred then because obviously of course I would have done, but I still find a lot of value and I appreciate the, the opportunity to learn from all of these things that did go wrong and I didn't give up. And that's another thing, another cookie in my jar, as David Goggins would say, like it was other things to learn about my running. It wasn't a mindset thing. It was more that my mind checked out. It wasn't that I, that I didn't, it wasn't that I didn't eat. It was because my mind didn't eat everything else. So yeah, long winded answer, but that is the failure that sticks in my mind. And I've learned so much from it. And now I'm going to take all of that on board and get to a hundred miles at my backyard in May. Thank you for sharing that. And like listening to what you said, it's just such an important point. You don't just arrive from A to Z at mental strength. Sometimes we go forward, we go backwards and it's not a failure. We just learn, we think, oh, we can't go any further in that moment. Then we come back and then people ask like 10 years later, how are you so mentally strong? How did you do that? Because you went through these experiences and you've learned from them. You don't get mentally strong by not going through these, these challenging moments. That's exactly it, yeah. And that's what I love about these tough ultras. Like, And that's why I do want to go further and that's why all of us do want to go a bit further and a bit faster because it feels great like reaching, I think, something comfortably and you think, oh, I did that well. And then obviously if you start comparing, you think like, oh, I'm, I'm good in, quite good in the field and whatever. But there's nothing like absolutely, I was going to say a rude word, but absolutely nailing yourself and forcing yourself and feeling like you will have moments that you can't go on but then you actually get through them and get to the end like those are the best things for me like you, you just you come out of it feeling like nothing else and it's not like you just oh you love yourself so much that you got through it but you learn so much that you can get through so much like you can be you can be that low and you can have te be telling yourself so much that you can't go on but then you do like just that's just the most awesome thing to me about about ultras and it's it's painful and you forget how much it hurts when when you haven't done it for a while but it is a really good learning experience absolutely and like when you get through it and you can come out the other side it's uh 
an amazing feeling because you well you backed yourself uh, and you stayed stayed the course and that's something that no one can ever take away from you absolutely yeah that's a lovely feeling isn't it when you sort of come out of it and you think oh I'm normal again <laughs> yeah I, I mean I don't know if I'd call myself normal even as a runner sometimes I think it's slightly, slightly yeah not unnormal but you know what I mean to this <laughs> yeah, oh definitely yeah I know, oh don't get me wrong I never want to be normal yeah. but I never yeah. want to sometimes I don't realize how unnormal I'm feeling like when I'm feeling so yeah. bad I don't know it's a weird brain thing like you come out of it and then I look around and I'm thinking whoa that was a funky patch that I just went through yeah yeah oh. it's like let's do it again <laughs> yeah exactly oh yeah, yeah. And then it happens multiple times again before you get to the finish line you think oh my god <laughs> It's so true because it's something we elect to do, isn't it? And something I was thinking about when I was running recently, it's just like you've moaned about it in your mind, but no one's making you do this. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's so just, true. crazy, isn't it? You oh, would no, do it or don't do it. So I was like, okay, shut up, Marcus. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I love it. I totally agree. It's so true. Everyone says that to me. Like we choose to do these absolutely crazy things. Like we pay to do them. We pay to force our bodies to be screaming at us. Like our bodies want comfort and homeostasis like they just want to all they just want to do is chill we're forcing it to do these things but there's just so yeah. much like oh, we've mentioned so much to gain out of it that that you do you just want to do it again and again and again even though in the moment it's the worst thing ever coming out of the worst thing ever is just brilliant i love it absolutely you know this has felt more like a a chat over coffee and cake or something like that as a, as a post or podcast and I feel like I could go further but I'm mindful I don't want to take too much more of your time Nat it's been really fun talking with you today oh thank you we should go for coffee and cake and then we just talk about all this honestly I could just talk forever I want to hear everyone's running experiences and I want to talk about all of my own we can let's have a coffee and cake scheduled in Absolutely, and we'll add the swear words in, obviously, because I can't put it on the, the podcast. <laughs> so. yeah. We'll invite David Goggins as well. He can come along. He can have some coffee and cake. If you want to hear his Absolutely. Nat, thank you for being a guest on A Runner's Life. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Runner's Life podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please do subscribe to be notified of new episodes. If something resonates with you, please let me know and share online. Also, you could do me a massive favor by leaving your review on the podcast platform which you selected as it helps the podcast grow. Your support helps make this podcast possible. If you've got any questions, please do get in touch with me on my Instagram page at Marcus underscore runs. Your time is valuable. Thank you again for sharing your time with me.